back belly. Three tight ends, including Havner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Here Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 33, I'm pretty sure, of episode season three of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. For the second pod in a row, we are live on YouTube, so, you know, brace yourselves for the technology that we're just coming right in your face with. I mean, like, look out, because, like, the technology is going to be maybe a little more than you can handle. Um, I'm Nat The Truth Jones, of course. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rota Street himself in an oddly lit living room, apartment, basement combo. Uh, Wolf, how you doing? Hey, football is back. We're only 24 hours away from the kickoff of the 2018 season. Scott Hansen's beautiful glowing face is about to bless our TVs with quad boxes of delight. I couldn't be any better than that. School is back, which is a little bit annoying. Don't have as much time for Roto Street. But how can you complain when football is about to be on the TV? I'm so excited. We got a game tomorrow. We probably like, you know, unfortunately, we won't be able to give you too much, although we're going live. So we can actually talk about that game and anybody tuning in can check it out. Uh, I think I may have a problem because my son had his first day of school. Uh, He's three. And I was in there, you know, because it's the first day the parents were all there for an hour or two. And another little boy who was about four came in and he was wearing a Jordy Nelson Packers jersey. And my initial instinct was to just heckle this kid. (laughs) <laughs> you and know. how old is he? You said he's a, a kindergartner? No, he's four. He's not. Oh, even better. Yeah. My first instinct was to be like, oh, you like Nelson? He's a bum or something like that. And then like, I, I was like, wait a minute. Like, yeah, I should probably lay off him. He's four. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that, that, I mean, that was the first thing that popped Anyway, I'm looking really, really, really forward to football. It snuck up on us. I did an auction draft for the first time ever. I learned something. I'm not as good at auctions as I am at snake drafts, but I do prefer them. I think they're a ton of fun, um, and I learn from my mistakes, hopefully, and I really want to do another one sometime. I hope we can do a Rotor Street auction draft at some point. We're going to get right into this because we got a jam-packed podcast, and the Wolf of Rotor Street has many fine qualities. One of them is not knowing where his charger is, unfortunately. So we're hoping that we're going to get this pod in before the Wolf's computer crashes, If we don't, we're sorry. We'll finish recording it, and we'll make sure to release it as usual. But why waste time with banter when football is right around the corner and we have a jam-packed stock watch? So we're going to get right into it. Is that okay, Wolf? Absolutely. Let's dive right in. All right, let's do it. I mean, the first thing probably on everybody's mind is Le'Veon Bell. Hold out Le'Veon Bell. And, I mean, we thought this was going to happen for a while. I mean, we thought it was a possibility. But, like, none of us, at least me, I don't want to speak for you, I didn't actually think the guy was maybe not going to show up. It kind of seems like he might not show up. Absolutely. And it's crazy. I mean, there's rumors that it's going to be till week 10 or so where he's like required to show up to become a free agent next year. Um, His NFL, his agent came on NFL Live and said he's going to do the things necessary uh, to protect himself for the long term, which is just crazy. His teammates are now coming out, expressing frustration, some quotes, Marquis Pouncey saying, you know, what do you do? Here's a guy who doesn't give a damn, so I guess we'll treat it as such. I just hate it to that. That was uh, actually the left guard, Foster. Pouncey coming out and saying, uh, you know, a star is born every year in the NFL. Did anyone know Kareem Hunt would be an all-pro before last season? If James Conner didn't have cancer, he would have been a first-round pick. Just watch him. So he's kind of calling out that 
Uh, James Conner is going to be an absolute stud this year if, if they don't have Le'Veon. So just all these signs pointing to j- just Le'Veon not being there and James Conner blowing up. So obviously this has immediate effects uh, for if anybody's drafting and st- you're still watching this right now. you got to move Bell down. I moved him down to about 36 or so just in case he shows up. Maybe it's week one he shows up after this just trying to send a little message. You still get Le'Veon Bell, still the absolute horse that he is. So you can't move him down to just not draft territory. But I'm not taking anybody I consider a potential number one option. Let's say like Amari Cooper even is above Le'Veon Bell now in my eyes. Whereas James Conner's moving up right into the, the 70s, the, the you know seventh round or so. And if he takes this job and has it for up to week 10, if they trade Le'Veon Bell, James Conner's an RB1 that you're getting. Uh, so he'd be a potential Kamara type of just blow up that you get in the last round. I love Connor. He played very well this preseason. So absolutely enormous. And the other thing you got to consider too is now Antonio Brown. Obviously you take him not only just above Bell, but maybe even above anyone not named those, those top three running backs there with David Johnson, uh, Zeke, and obviously Gurley at the top. His receptions, his totals with Bell out of the lineup in his last 16 games, 146 receptions in those games, 207 targets in those games, 2,080 yards and 13 touchdowns. Good for 435 PPR points. So Antonio Brown obviously was already the number one receiver clear cut. You're going to absolutely destroy it this week one in DraftKings in any setting uh, with Bell out of the lineup. But any you know at this point you could even consider moving above some of those running backs just because of how clear a number one receiver he is without Bell in the lineup. I think Bell is playing a dangerous game and I'm conflicted about how I feel about what he's doing because on one angle you know, they can totally screw running backs. They can they can beat you up for three, four years, not really pay you, then franchise tag you. And then, you know, next thing, I mean, your earning potential is it's a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I I don't like that. It kind of makes me feel dirty. The other side of that is I'm not sure that he's going to get this big contract somewhere else that he thinks he's going to. I really don't. And, um, and, you know, I say that thinking he's a really, really good player. I'm not sure this is going to be the type of thing that's going to inspire confidence in another team. And I also think that he's better on the Steelers than he would be most other places. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm conflicted. I don't see this working out great. Obviously, from a fantasy standpoint, there's a lot of people that got hosed over this. Um, we're going to move right on to Jarek McKinnon. We're not going to talk about this very much because the Wolf did a uh, one-shot interview with our buddy, our good buddy, Grant Cohen, um, mm-hmm. who got us some great podcast ratings last year. And I heard you had an awesome conversation with him yesterday, Wolf. Oh, absolutely. He was fantastic. Uh, as always, Grant Cohen just comes in with the hot takes. It's, it's Grant. You know, that's his style. And he gave us, you know, a, a little picture of what this backfield could be. Uh, it, I originally was saying, you know, I think it's going to be Alfred Morris. He's more of the bell cow style back. And Grant thinks, you know, by week three, four, that could be the case because he has such a good feel for Shanahan's inside zone. But Grant made sure to point out that this is a new Shanahan offense, too. Yes, they run a lot of outside zone and what he's, his staples are, but a lot of passing game and new verbiage and breed is much more versed in that. And so he predicts that Breida will be the starter, get the first crack at establishing a hot hand. And he's not convinced that Breida won't do that. So both of those guys, either way, obviously are much more draftable. Uh, and again, don't forget that, that Morris had 1,613 yards and 13 TDs as an undrafted or six round rookie uh, under Shanahan, just a couple seasons, you know, 2012. So yeah, it's a long time ago, but Morris does have some fresh legs. He was an absolute bull when he got, some some time with the Cowboys, even though Zeke was the number one guy there. So he's got some potential value. Uh, Morris does. 
And then I also Brita, obviously getting maybe the first crack according to Cohen. So both those guys fly up into around seven through nine territory because Shanahan's had three straight top 10 running backs. Five out of his last six have been top 15. So, I mean, this guy's churned out running back one after running back one. Who knows if these guys have the talent to actually thrive and do that. But, you know, we've seen Morris do it before. And Brita does have four, three, nine speed and solid vision. So maybe he could explode. Both guys need to be rostered far more than they had to beforehand and obviously it's just devastating for Jarek McKinnon and anybody who drafted him ahead of time and I'm one of those people I mean I'm in I think four leagues and I've got I had him in two so you know great for me I do think that I will be able to recover but uh it hurt I spent a high pay they want to say third round pick maybe even second round in one of my leagues on him it was not I think I had him in the road street journal league as a matter of fact absolutely do. yeah I well I did I got rid of his ass (laughs) Anyway, uh, Patriots, running backs. Uh, You know, if there's something that you can give me on the Patriots running backs, and you've got here listed Patriots running backs, clarity. There's one thing I would love when it comes to the New England backfield is clarity. So if you could give me some of that, I think the people would really, really appreciate it. So give it to me. Yeah, and you're dead dead right to point out that these guys are never clear. Uh, So who knows exactly what's going on? But it seems a little clearer, at least entering week one, because Burkhead's off the injury report. We know he has that slight knee tear and whatnot. But if he's off the injury report, you know, completely, that suggests he's going to be ready to go for a full workload, which I love to know because that's the guy that scored eight touchdowns in 10 games, you know, six in his last seven games and just was the RB12 during that span where he just really blew up. I can see him just being lined up for that role, maybe even a little bit more work, especially against the Texans. This is a very stout defensive front. A lot of dump-offs coming to the running backs with Michelle potentially out. He was limited today at practice, but there's rumblings that he's probably going to sit this one out. Then you got James White to look at. He's my running back 33 plus seven on the ECR because uh, I can see him, again, dump-off city for the running backs. Him and Burkhead maybe lining up on the field at the same time with such a you know lack of wide receiver options on this team. It's going to be a short peppering those guys over over the middle, I see a lot of receptions coming for Burkhead, a lot coming for White, probably a score for Burkhead. So I'm higher on both of those guys entering week one. If Michelle plays and now this becomes a three-headed nightmare uh, or Jeremy Hill starting to work at the goal line, which could totally happen. There's, you know, like you said, it's always as clear as mud with the Patriots running backs. Who knows how those guys are going to factor in? But right now it seems like it's going to be very clearly Burkhead, James White. And when you're in such a high-powered offense and a potential shootout game against the Texans, there's going to be some fantasy value to be had there. So I like both those guys a lot this week all right well that's the stock watch you know obviously only three things all pretty significant i still would be scared to buy too much of a piece in the patriots backfield but who knows there's certainly talent to go around um but mckinnon bell those are big 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 stories all right we're gonna move on we're gonna talk week one week one starts tomorrow people and really really like full-on start sunday but we got a game tomorrow night So the Wolf is going to provide you with a guy at each fantasy position that he's higher than the ECR at, that he's lower than the ECR, and a guy he's just going to take a little Hail Mary on uh, if you're in the gambling business, which if you're playing fantasy football, you at least have a a toe or maybe an ankle or, heck, a whole leg in. Um, Let's talk quarterbacks. It's no surprise who the Wolf is higher on than the ECR, the guy that the Wolf has been gently massaging the shoulders of all offseason and preseason, and that is one Pat Mahomes. So talk to us about Mahomes real quick. Well, uh, I mean, we'll keep you to a minute or so on each of these. 
Right. This is no surprise to anybody. If you've been listening to the fullback dive, I've been raving about Mahomes since February. So the fact that he was QB 19 on the ECR blows my mind. And I think he's easily the most value quarterback compared to the ECR this week. My QB 11, because the Chargers are a strong D, I can get why there's some reservations with him. They have a very strong secondary, a much improved front seven. But this is going to be a shootout. The defense is horrendous for the Chargers. Rivers is going to carve them up and Mahomes is going to have to play catch up and there's nobody better to just chuck 70 yards down the field and try to play catch up than Mahomes. He's going to have some picks this game. I bet he has at least one, maybe two. But he's going to throw some touchdowns and garbage time and catch up mode. I also think that's going to be the case. He's got such a stacked weapons cabinet. This offense is going to be a juggernaut. I think this is going to be a great just bomb after bomb from both sides type of game where we're just getting point factories and point factories are what you look for in fantasy. That's my prediction for this game. I know Rivers, I would start Rivers. I, I recommended you draft Rivers and Mahomes together. I would yeah. start Rivers over Mahomes in this game. He's my QB five and I think he explodes higher on him than the experts as well. But I think Mahomes is definitely a great option. I'm starting him in three leagues because of this back and forth battle that I'm seeing and uh, envisioning unfolding here in, in uh, LA with Mahomes. I absolutely love it. I think this is just the game where he proves that we were right to be high on him. He comes out, explodes, and shows you that he could be a league winning quarterback this week. Keep in mind, it's LA too. There's going to be a lot of Chiefs fans there. And absolutely. Yeah, there are. And so, anyway, Maybe I more agree than Chargers with you. fans. No, seriously, I'm not kidding. So, I. I don't own Mahomes in any leagues. I wish I did. I do own Rivers in a couple leagues, so I'm going to roll him out there. Good old reliable Philip Rivers. Good old reliable. Baby. Um, other side of the coin there, Andrew Luck. For some reason, people are high on this guy. You know, I don't get it. You know, yep. I mean, I, you know, I've never been high on this. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say never. It's been a while though. You're lower on him than the experts. Explain why. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I can't believe that he's quarterback 11 in the expert rankings. I'm five lower. I haven't done it at 16 and I might even be too high there for one. He hasn't looked good in his return yet. He's the preseason. Yes, I get it. Is it a vanilla offense? Yes, I get that too. Uh, but still, I haven't seen much that suggests he's got his full arm back and he's ready to go. His weapons aren't great. And now he's got both his tackles, his left tackle and his right tackle, not at 100%, both questionable for this game. If both miss it, then that's just horrendous. Even if one misses, especially Costanzo on the blind side, would be crushing for this guy who's, who's obviously susceptible to hits, doesn't know when to go down. I'm nervous about it. I, I mean, since he's not a great defense, I can see Cincy putting up their points and making it so Luck has to put up some too. But I, I just don't like it. There's a lot of quarterbacks I like more uh, than Luck just to have much less risk. I would definitely not rank him as a quarterback one, which is what the expert consensus has him in. I'd much rather have Mahomes, who we just talked about, and a lot more other guys that are ranked uh, below Luck by the experts. It just There's too much risk until I see it, until I know that he's really ready to go and connecting with all these this mismatch weapons cabinet. Uh, I'm not going in on Luck yet. All right, Hail Mary, and this is actually a guy that throws a pretty good deep ball, so not a bad uh, you know term to describe him with, and that's your boy Tyrod Taylor. If you're taking a Hail Mary on a guy, he might not be a bad guy to choose. I don't see him keeping the starting job too long, even if he does well. I kind of feel bad for him. But it's week one. He's in there. He's the guy. Why do you think he's a guy you might want to take a chance on? Yeah, only 12% owned in, in Yahoo leagues, probably because people have that same reservation you have, Nat, that he's going to lose this starting job sooner than later. But for one-week rental, there's not many I like more than Tyrod. My 
my quarterback 15 for the week. I have him above luck, if that suggests anything. And I think it's just because it's going to be a shootout there in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a home game. The Browns really want to prove that this is a turned-around franchise and that we can go toe-to-toe with one of the best in the league. And I think they're going to do that. I, I mean, it's Todd Haley playing against his former team. He's going to want some revenge. He's going to come out slinging, come out fast. I think the Browns that we saw in that first preseason game, we saw Tyrod on hard knock say, hey, I really like that fast-paced stuff, that no-huddle stuff. I can see them coming out, guns blazing, knowing they have to put out their points. You got Josh Gordon returning. We haven't even seen this full-powered attack yet. And this was going to be rolled out there in week one. He's only 5,400 on DraftKings as well. I absolutely love what Tyrod's bringing to the table at 12% owned. The perfect streamer. If you're desperate right now for a quarterback, there's nobody I'd rather have right now. What do you think of uh, what do you think of Gordon this week? Let's, we're going to get there. We will absolutely get there. That's one of the uh, week one burning questions. Okay, so let's All right. we'll get, we'll get to sure. that. I'm getting All that question right. a lot. Okay, let's talk running backs. Guy you're higher on. We alluded to him a little bit, uh, James Conner. But we already talked about this, and we think that although you're way higher, this is going to change. You mean the I mean the experts' rankings are probably going to change, uh, so you won't look as smart. But let's yeah. talk about Tyreek Cohen who is playing at Green Bay and who's your running back 27, which is 10 spots higher than the ECR has him. Why do you like Cohen? I absolutely love Cohen against Green Bay for a couple of reasons. One, I just think he's disrespected. I think people are overreacting to the fact that he didn't have a huge preseason. They kept him under wraps. There's a lot of reports saying they purposely didn't feature him because they don't want people to know what they're going to do with this chess piece that's been hyped up under Nagy, moving all over the place, playing every which position, you know, all over the field, learning everything other than Mitch Trubisky, the busiest player in this offense right now. I think that's what we're going to see against Green Bay. Just a receiver that gets peppered with targets, a running back that gets a bunch of carries. They're going to be in catch-up mode, I bet, too, with Green Bay. Uh, it's a tough matchup. They're pretty significant underdogs. Catch-up mode favors Tariq Cohen, and I think he's just going to catch dump-off after dump-off, show his explosiveness, kind of prove, just kind of like Mahomes, why we were so much higher on the expert consensus than anybody else going into the season. This is going to be his coming-out party, and I'm definitely way higher on him because of that. That's awesome. A guy you're lower on is a guy we also like quite a bit, but you don't like the matchup. That's Dalvin Cook coming back. Uh, obviously, it's going to be his first regu- regular season game since that really unfortunate injury last year when he was briefly lighting the world on fire. So we playing the 49ers. You've got him ranked as your running back 14, which is four spots lower than the experts have him. Why? And it's not so much that I don't like the matchup because the 49ers are god-awful against the run. They're not a good defense. Well, then it's more so, I just don't think they're going to need him nearly as much now as they will later on the season. They're going to kind of ease him in. Murray's played well this preseason. They're already talking about a 50-50 split. And I wouldn't be shocked if that even favored Murray early on the season, especially mm. in situations like this where they should build an early lead. Uh, and then be able to lead on Murray, just kind of bleed the clock. I don't love Dalvin Cook in that situation. I love him, obviously, season long. I think he's an incredible talent. He could make me look very stupid by ripping off a 70-yard touchdown run. Very capable of that. But I just don't think the usage is going to be there week one. I think he's going to be eased in. So despite the juicy matchup, I'm going to – obviously, you're not benching him if you own him. But there's just – if I'm DraftKings or things like that, I have him just a little bit lower than some of those top guys where, where a lot of experts might go right in and say Dalvin Cook's going to be the horse i'm a little bit skeptical this week uh if he makes us look stupid by ripping off a 70 yard touchdown run he won't be the first Uh -uh. Uh, probably won't be the last either all right let's talk about a running back that you're interested in taking a hail mary on this one threw me for a loop a little bit wolf usually i can kind of see where you're coming from and i'm like oh yeah yeah i kind of had the same mindset mike gillisley Mm -hmm. for the new orleans saints three percent owned why in the world why in the world would you go live on youtube 
and utter Absolutely. the name Mike Gillisley for anything other than, huh? <laughs> I know it seems psycho, but look, the only it reason he psycho. wasn't doing much in New England was because of how cloudy that situation was. He got three touchdowns week one last year, and now he's got that big back roll on lock. They just cut Boston Scott, so they're really only carrying Kamara and Gillisley. Now, this isn't to say that Kamara has any you know type of detriment on his value. He's going to score about a million points this week. He's ridiculous. He already scored about forty last week on, I mean, last year on Tampa Bay with Ingram there. He's only going to be even better, so he's going to dominate. But I can see Gillisley falling in for at least one score, maybe even two, against this horrendous Tampa Bay uh, running back defense that gave up the fifth point most fantasy points last year to running backs. Didn't do much to improve this offseason. I think Gillisley could – I think he's going to score at least one, maybe two against this defense. He's 3% owned. So if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner that wasn't fortunate enough to draft James Conner, maybe this is kind of your godsend for a week or even a couple weeks because they have a nice easy matchup against Cleveland next week to game flow is just favoring them. There's a stat I saw where Ingram averaged over 19 points when the Saints were favored as compared to nine when they were underdogs. They're huge favorites here and they're favorites in three of their next four games. So I think Gillisley, nothing's going to get 19 or do anything that he's not as talented as Ingram. So he's not going to score that many, but 15, maybe a couple touchdowns isn't without his grasp. I think he's a, a great Hail Mary flex play this week. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. A guy, this is one of our guys. This has been one of our guys all year. And I got to say, I think I'm in four leagues and I think I own him in three, which I'm, I'm very happy about. Absolutely. And that is Jarvis Landry at receiver. Uh, we've got him as our wide receiver 12, which is 12 spots up on the experts. Um, you, you've got next to this 10 catch touchdown upside. I want you to, I think I know what you mean. Uh, break down why Jarvis Landry is our guy that we, we really think is a smart play this week. Absolutely. It goes in hand in hand with what I was saying about Tyrod or Tyrod guy. I get it right now that we know his real name, uh, but it, it's the shootout. They, they're going to have to be putting points on the board to keep pace with this, the Steelers. And I think they're going to do just that. Come out. No huddle. We saw Landry and Tyrod have that chemistry. All the reports are they've been synced in. You know, Gordon's getting worked in. I don't see him overtaking Landry at least this week right now as that number one guy. I think Landry has that chemistry. I think he's going to catch, you know, nine, 10 balls as that key cog to this attack be moved all over the field used creatively under Todd Haley all that stuff we've been saying comes to light this week in week one and Landry dominates I just simply put I think he's going to be a clear wide receiver one this week I agree and I mean it's one of those things where it's like maybe we're kidding ourselves but I just I don't think so I really buy into this completely I think he was a great value in almost all the drafts I got him in and I think he could really like him. I think I could be a top five wide receiver this year. I really do. We'll see what happens. He um, was last year. I mean, he was I, I know. Worst situation, right? I, I would, you would think so. Guy. Yeah, I, I think he's a great value. I really think the guy was a steal where we got him. And we'll, we'll see on the field. But I haven't seen anything in the offs. I'd meet him. All right, let's move on to lower. Let's talk about Demarius Thomas. Of He of the vegan lifestyle. Who uh, is clashing with Seattle? You've got him as your wide receiver thirty. That's twelve spots lower than the experts. I mean, y- you make the point that he's probably not the number one guy, at least the fantasy wide receiver one on this team, right? But Absolutely. people are still That's- treating him in drafts and and when they're ranking him on ESPN and stuff, they're acting like he is. But I, we don't think that anymore. No, not at all. Uh, it's it's Emmanuel Sanders' job. He's the one that's in the slot. That's where Case Keenum loves to throw to. You know, 25% target share for Adam Thielen last year was the tops in the league. 30 
2% on third downs. We already saw Emmanuel Sanders garner 60% of the third down looks this preseason. The most targeted wide receiver this preseason is Sanders as that number one target, and he's ranked below DT, who's a vegan pussy like you just mentioned. So we already have that against him. Plus, he's going to be the clear number two below Sanders. Uh, it, why is he ranked ahead of them? I don't know. It's Sanders' job. He's going to be the guy that you want to own. He's the one that should be higher than DT, but for some reason isn't. Not that DT can't do some damage against a, a banged up Seattle secondary, but it, to me, the fact that he's the clear number two in this mediocre attack at best means he should definitely be lower. Hail Mary, John Brown, 20% owned, 1% started going against the hapless Buffalo Bills. Why do you like Brown so much, other than the fact that he's going against the hapless Buffalo Bills? Or is <laughs> well, that, that was point number one is hapless. <laughs> That's uh, definitely hapless. But also, John Brown just having that extreme chemistry all preseason, every report, star of camp, you know, exploding, giving Joe Flacco new life with his deep ball, all that stuff. We saw a really nice touchdown connection in the goal line area. So he was doing it in close, going deep and burning people. And I think this could be a real coming out party for him where he just flashes why he got all that puff against a bad Buffalo team. Uh, Flacco kind of wants to come out and make a statement, throws a couple deep bombs to John Brown, only 3,700 on DraftKings. And like you said, 1% started this week. Uh, he's going to be a guy that is so much just that guy after week one that shoots up in ownership. I can see that being John Brown as he explodes onto the scene in week one. All right. No arguments here. I agree. I think the Bills might be giving up a lot of Hail Marys to a lot of people this year. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk tight ends. Guy, you're higher on. Trey Burton, you've got him as your tight end five. That's three above what the experts have him. He's playing against Green Bay. We've already referenced this matchup. Uh, I'm assuming you're going with similar logic to why you like Tariq Cohen so much. Exactly. Dump off city, right? You know, they're, they're going to be playing from behind. Trubisky wants a high percentage throw. He's got that, you know, Travis Kelsey roll on lock. We saw it throughout the preseason where he lined up in the slot on 50% of his snaps, just like Travis Kelsey did over with the Chiefs. Caught a touchdown in 45 yards with the top targeted guy from Trubisky. All that's carrying over. We saw Kelsey lead the Chiefs in targets, 122, led all tight ends, in fact. That usage, you know, Shaheen's out of the picture now. So no need to touchdown vulture that we were worried about with that 6-7 monster. He's out of the picture. He's on the injured reserve, so he's not going to be back till at least week eight. I think this is, again, Trey Burton just shows why we were so high on him and just in catch-up mode, catches at least six to seven balls, gets a score in there. I really like him as my tight end five. I think he's way too low by the experts. All right, a guy, you know, you don't have any crazy out there picks for lower on tight end, but the guy that you put out there, you know, Roto Street Journal's favorite, Jack Doyle, they had to hurt you to put him on this list. Oh, absolutely. You know, the Beanstalk is one of my favorites, uh, but it just goes hand in hand with luck where I just don't know. And maybe it favors Doyle because the protection could be so weak. He just needs dump, dump, dump. But I just I, I don't see the matchups not that intriguing since he was decent against the tight end last year. Uh, Eric Ebron showed good chemistry. He's heavily involved. And there's just some streamers that in the Hail Marys. I'll kind of segue that into this. I love Austin Safarian Jenkins. If he's healthy, I know there's some health risk here, but if he's on the field, He's my tight end 11 against the Giants that just get pulverized by tight ends. Since last year, in this preseason, they, they showed no difference. They're going to get destroyed. They have no linebacking core. Ben Watson against Tampa Bay definitely has some high touchdown upside. Uh, he looks chiseled like an Under Armour mannequin, is the reports, uh, according to Nick Underhill and everybody. He's my tight end 13. So those are just a couple guys I like more than Doyle that are going ranked below him, going less expensive on DraftKings. Uh, I just like some of these Hail Marys more than Doyle. Yeah, I don't disagree with much of what you said. I will say that although I'm, I'm not trying to get into the Colts tight end business by any means, 
I could see what I perceive to be possible limitations from Andrew Luck actually making Doyle his go-to guy. I mean, could, I, yeah. I could absolutely see that happening. I mean, we haven't seen the guy throw with any sort of velocity or distance. Um, and to me, that's like a, you know, tight end, tight end, tight end. We'll see what happens. I could absolutely. see T.Y. Hilton maybe being a bust. All right, let's move on to defense. Guy, uh, defense you're higher on than most, the Falcons. Um, you've got them up there a few spots above the experts there. What are they going? Who are they going against? They're going against the Eagles, right? Yeah. On Thursday night. Absolutely. Why do you like them so much? And- this is the Nick Foles-led Eagles, though, not uh, the Carson Wentz. You mean Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. <laughs> all right, yeah, shut the fuck up. No one cares about Super Bowl MVP. That shit's all long over. We've seen the real Nick Foles come out this preseason. He looks like his garbage. So how, many of those, uh, how many of those Super Bowl MVPs did Brady have that we're not supposed to care about? Uh, yeah, whatever. Get out of here. We're, we're worried about week one Nick right Foles now. Nick Foles is in the, he's in the club. He's in the club. <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried about this. I'm done with this, the Super Bowl talk. It's week one. It's 2018, baby. New season, fresh start. I think the Falcons destroy Nick Foles because he's a loser uh, other than that Super Bowl, which was heroic. I'll give him that. But he's looked like his loser self again. I think their D-line is going to get after him. I think Thursday night football kickoff, we're going to see the Falcons kind of dominate this team. Uh, but if you, you know, I'd look first. They're 35% on the Falcons are. I'd look first at Detroit, though. Uh, they're 42% on, so they might not be out there, but they're facing New York Jets, uh, Sam Darnold led New York Jets. So that's just going to be pick six city. So I like them a lot. I'm a little bit lower. I'm just going to kind of fly through the defenses here so we can get into the burning questions. Like you mentioned, my battery is kind of taking a hit here. We don't have too much time left. Uh, but I'm lower on the Patriots and Steelers shootout potential matchups against the Browns, which sounds crazy for the Steelers shootout time. But the Pats against Houston, I don't know how they're, they're the 12th ranked defense. The, the uh, Houston Texans averaged 40 points per game when they had Watson, Fuller, and Hopkins in the lineup. They're going to all be out there. Maybe they don't get back to that you know, crazy pace, but they're still going to be explosive, and this isn't a great defense, so I don't love the Pats either. My Hail Mary would be the, the New York Giants against Jacksonville. Only 7% owned, but Jacksonville, I know they averaged the, the fifth most points in the league last year, and they have that new chemistry with the second-year coordinator, but it's still Blake Bortles, and he's always good for a garbage pick, maybe even a pick six. I think the Giants are a lot better talent-wise than what they showed last year. They kind of quit on that awful coach they had, so I see that defense kind of rebounding and if you need a Hail Mary I like the Giants at home against Jacksonville all right and if you want to know which kickers were higher or lower or want Hail Marys on you're watching the wrong podcast anyway absolutely uh, let's get to burning questions there's a lot of burning questions you know that feeling that sensation you have when you're urinating and you think <laughs> that there might be something wrong well that's burning and that's the type of questions that we're asking right now we got three burning questions well, our first one, we'll just get right into it because I don't know what the percentage of your battery is. So, like, why wait four? <laughs> We're, oh, Jesus! Le'Veon Bell is unlikely to report, leaving James Conner in the workhorse role. How highly do you rank him this week? I rank him out all the way up at running back 13. They have a stout run defense, the Browns do, uh, but they also give up a ton of dump-offs, tons of receptions. I think Connor's a, a true workhorse. He showed it this preseason. He's flashed every time he's been on the field, and clearly his teammates all love him. So I think they're going to roll him out, use him just like they might have used Le'Veon Bell. And at 4,500 on DraftKings, I think everybody's going to own him. I think you have to start him if you picked him up late in your draft. He's going to be this year's Kamara. That's kind of my big prediction. If Le'Veon Bell doesn't show up till week 10, this guy is going to be a monster RB1 until then. So I love James Conner. Josh Gordon is not starting. He will be on the field for the Browns. What do you expect from him in his 2018 debut? 100% healthy. He's not starting, but a lot of people are saying that's just a label. What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, how do you not put Gordon, especially if they get down early against the, the Steelers? This guy is one of the most freakish athletes that's ever played the wide receiver position. Still looks like he's in ridiculous shape. I think he's only 27 years old, so as long as he's been out of the league, he's still very young, has a clear head for the first time. So if he's 100% healthy, he's over that hamstring thing. And this is going to be the shootout we expect. They're going to probably chuck at least a couple prayers up to Josh Gordon. So I'd love to have him in my lineup, uh, you know, as an upside stab. If I, I'd like to rest him and obviously see if he still has it and how he's going to be used. But there's very few. I have him at wide receiver 26. So that means there's not a ton of people I'd start over him. So I like Josh Gordon a ton. Deshaun Watson, he was a fantasy cheat code in his brief six-game starting run in 2018. Will he pick off where he left off? Will he pick up where he pick off? Oh, Freudian slip. <laughs> will he pick up where he left off, or will he struggle out of the gate? And that's you know that's the big thing is I see it going one of two ways. He's either just as good, blows up and has another 40 point day, or the Patriots just have the tape now. They figure out how to scheme for him, and he just shits his pants. So there's a real risk here with Watson. But obviously you're starting him regardless, uh, you know whether or not he does one or the other. He's my number one ranked quarterback going into the season. So obviously I think he's going to pick up where he left off. Maybe that's because I loved him because I owned him in five leagues last year, and I just had that special bond and connection to him. But ultimately, uh, he's just a stud. I think he's going to be a stud. He's mentally tough. He's just he's got the weapons with Hopkins. I don't see how Eric Rowe can run with Will Fuller either. I can see Fuller blowing up for a couple touchdowns down the field. It's going to be the Watson show again. I'm very confident that he comes out of the gate and just picks up exactly where he left off, especially you're going toe-to-toe to Brady. They're going to need to just keep bombing back and forth. I'm going to the game. I can't fucking wait what? for it. Uh, so that's going to be awesome. And I think it's going to be an offensive firework type of day. All right. Sounds like we probably don't have time to get into the mailbag because you're down to like nothing. But we're going to wrap it up there. Well, if you want to pump any social media. Hey, we got 3%. Let's cover it real fast. Hey, I'm the mailman. I'm the mailman. Yeah, the real one. 3%? We did that in 1%? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's it's churning. The computer's holding it to work for us right now. All right. This is like the Royal Rumble when you're trying not to get thrown over the top rope. All right. Flex, half point PPR. Jamal Williams or Michael Crabtree? This is from Branley the Twig. Jamal Williams, Michael Crabtree, half point PPR. Flex. Absolutely. I think while Aaron Jones is out of the lineup, Jamal Williams is going to be a very safe, high floor option, high volume, both in the receiving game. He's going to be the goal line back. Montgomery's still a little bit banged up too. So what if he gets a three down horse roll? I think you roll out Williams, uh, especially with the positive game flow potential against the Chicago Bears where they're trying to bleed clock. I like Williams, even if he's not the most exciting talent. I think he's got a good role and good usage this week one, and I go with him. I do too, but I want to say for the record, I like both of those guys. Absolutely. All right, there's two from Jamie. First one, uh, at Rotor Street Wolf. Any advice for week one flex? Choices are Juju, Chris Carson, or Alfred Morris in standard. I mean, seems to be, yeah. I mean, will you tell, tell me what you think, and then I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, give me that. a layup there. Juju Smith against Cleveland. No brainer. I, I know. Absolutely. <laughs> Seriously, to me, like, that's a no brainer, even in a standard league. Right. And Morris, too. A lot of questions about can I use these 49ers backs? One, uh, you want to see how the work's distributed. But two, they're facing Minnesota, one of the best run defenses in the league. So, no, you can't use them this week. Let's wait a week, see how it shakes out. And by week three or so is when I feel confident starting to roll those guys. Out. You'd have to be desperate to do it. But I, I, I'm not interested in being in the 49 49ers backup running back business just yet. Not yet. All right. Let's uh, do you start Josh Gordon at wide receiver two in a PPR league, or do you go with Randall Cobb, Kelvin Benjamin, or Keelan Cole and wait and see on Gordon? Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously you'd want to wait and see on Gordon if you can, but none of those three options are guys that I'm going to sit Gordon for to wait and see. All of them have their own question marks. So I'll go with the guy that's elite and led the league in receiving at one point in his career in 14 games with Brian Hoyer throwing the ball and now has his best quarterback ever throwing to him uh, in terms of his career. So yeah, uh, give me the upside. Give me the ceiling. If I'm going with warts and question marks, yeah, Gordon has his, but I'm going to go with the ceiling there in that case. All right, I'm going to throw out a question to you that I actually asked on your on your live uh, time on Facebook yesterday, but I actually had someone ask me the exact same question today, so I'm going to put it out there again. Peyton Barber or Chris Carson? Oh, very interesting one. I like Barber better as a player. I think he's flashed more this preseason. Uh, he's the more clear-featured back. I know Penny's kind of lingering and could take that job at any minute. I'm going to go Barber even in a, a weak game flow. He'll get receptions in the catch-up mode too, so uh, give me Peyton Barber in that one. All right, this is from Jory. Uh, pick two of these. This is a half-point PPR. James White, Carlos Hyde, LeGarrette Blunt, ew. Marlon Mack, Jordan Wilkins, Chris Ivory. You're picking two of those. Jesus, Jory. I don't know what the hell. Two of those are going to be put together. I don't know. Maybe is he saying pick two of those to take out in the pasture and shoot? Or yeah, is he saying Jesus take two Christ, of those yeah. to put in my starting lineup? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I mean, both are all of that's Well, disgusting. you can't start Marlon I'm, Mack. I'm pretty sure he's hurt, right? No, yeah, Mar- Marlon Mack's not playing, so he's an easy one to eliminate. Right, we boiled it down to five now. Yeah, well, Hyde's yeah. your guy. Right. Hyde's the, Hyde's the clear number one guy here. Uh, I know they could get so. down early and he gets taken out of the, the game flow type of situation, but he's a good bet for a touchdown. And then we already talked about James White being a pepper type of guy with Edelman out of the lineup, could be lining up in the slot a bit. Just that, that game, you know, that stout D-line, I really think the Patriots pepper Burkhead, pepper White, and have that short middle of the field type of attack, um, passing attack. I think White flourishes, especially in a half PPR league. So I clearly go uh, LeGarrette Blunt and James White in this one. LeGarrette Blunt, I wouldn't. I mean, I, not LeGarrette Blunt, Carlos Hyde. So I would go so. Hyde and, and White. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I misspoke. All right, here's two for Jimbo. So I don't even know if you want to give the correct answers on these, but the Rotor Street Journal mainstay Jimbo Slice. PPR, Randall Cobb or Devin Funches? I go Devin Funches. I uh, like, you know, can't, eh, that's tough. That's really tough. But I'm going to go Funches, the clear number one guy there for me. He also wants to know Royce Freeman or Chris Thompson. To me, this one's easy. But uh, I don't know what you think. I'm going Royce Freeman. Even me though it's too. PPR, give me that yeah. horse. He's got the starting nod, and I think he just rolls with it this week. I'm also going Royce Freeman, and I agree with you on the first one as well. This one's from CJ, the salt man. Half-point PPR, pick one. James Conner, Emmanuel Sanders, or Will Fuller? Three incredible options. I love Fuller's upside against Eric Rowe to burn him down the field. I like I Manny Sanders', Sanders upside the too, target, but I'm going with James Conner. Wow. Sure bet for about 20 or so touches. My running back 13 for the week. Give me that guy. Give me the workhorse all day. I agree, but that is very tough. Uh, that's really, very very tough. tough. I feel like all three of those guys could blow up. Absolutely. Um, last question, Johnny Goodtimes. What player is going to be the biggest disappointment this year in fantasy? And in second part, what player who is going largely undrafted is going to be the biggest surprise? Ooh, very loaded question there. I mean, Le'Veon Bell clearly at this point is an easy <laughs> shoe and answer to the biggest disappointment. If he holds out any longer, a top three pick, that's just crazy and brutal. In terms of the biggest surprise, I, I mean, James Conner would be the also easy answer, but I'm going to go with Chris Ivory. I think uh, he's nobody owns him right now. And I think Shady McCoy, whether he gets hurt or suspended at some point, Ivory takes over, rumbles like he is. And I think Ivory could make difference, uh, difference making potential as someone that's completely unknown right now. And you handled that mailbag. That was great. 
now. Absolutely, and the battery now. hasn't died. Okay, so, pump your social media. Let's go. Uh, Roto Street Wolf on Twitter and Snapchat for me. Roto Street Journal on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, obviously, YouTube, if you're watching now, you're subscribed, which is awesome. And then, obviously, if you like what you heard, please subscribe. Please help us out um, and give us a review. It, it makes all the world to us. Thank you. Thanks week one. Go get them, baby. Go get them. Week one. We've been getting a lot of downloads, a lot of views. Keep it coming, folks. We really appreciate it. My name's Nat The Truth Jones. And I'm The Wolf. See you guys. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.